Here in Tamil Nadu, as in pretty much all of India at the present time, we're again in heavy lockdown. Seems interminable. It, it lifted and then again imposed and again lifted and again imposed. And we hear there's a third wave of coronavirus coming. We don't like lockdowns, but it seems necessary. What can we do? What can we do? That's a good question. What do we do when we're locked down? When we're not used to, we're not raised in a culture where we're trained to sit at home all day, unless we're housewives. It's, it might seem like being a prisoner in your home, just spending all the time, or pretty much all the time, in your house. But instead of wasting time and grumbling and watching movies and yelling at the kids or whatever people do, if you have extra time, maybe it's time to start thinking about what I'm doing with my life at, at the deepest level. We don't think about things like that, do we? We think our civilization trains us from a very early age to think, going to school, get your brain moving, <laughs> Uh, but to think deeply, contemplatively. What am I doing? Who am I? What is this world all about? Why do I have to suffer? Why do I have to go to work? Well, I have to go to work to get money. I have to get money to get food, uh, pay the rent, and so many things. But there's a deeper, a deeper why. Why? What? What is the life all about? What's the meaning? Is there any meaning? Now is the best time to start thinking. Do you ever think about that? You ever think about that? Ever thought about what we're really supposed to be doing with our life? What's the real purpose? Is it just that we, we get born, we yell and scream as kids for a little bit, and then we go to school, and we go on yelling and screaming whenever we can, and then we get out and we get a job and we spend our life, we eat, we sleep, we pass stool, we have kids, we get old and then we die. Or maybe with coronavirus we'll die without getting old. Or maybe in so many other ways you can die without getting old. But anyway, we have to die. Is there something, is there some deeper purpose for it? Or it seems to be some purpose. I mean, life seems to be purposeful. Uh, Everything we do, there's a why do we go to school? Well, there's a purpose. So we can get a job, there's a purpose. To get money, and there's a purpose. So we can eat, and there's a purpose. So we can have enough strength to go to work. Really? Is that all it is? Eat, sleep, go to work, sometimes come home. You ever think about all these things? Now is the chance to have time. Instead of whiling away our time and wasting our time, now is the best time to start thinking about 
what we're really doing with our life. Actually, always is the best time. But generally, we don't have time because the modern civilization keeps us hectically busy, running here and there, thinking. Thinking is there, but it's thinking how to get money, how to solve this problem, that problem, and if we've got any space in our minds, gets filled up with the same thing, politics and movies and sports and... And there's a lot of thinking, and it's very fast thinking. You want to keep the mind occupied all the time. That's maybe why we feel frustrated sitting at home, because there's not, not enough action, not enough adrenaline for the, for, to keep us in our normal mode of life. But what is this normal mode of life? It, just running, 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 and not thinking about what we are supposed to be doing. Who are we? Why are we born? Why do we die? And you may say, well, that's natural. It's natural, yeah, but why? Why? It, it may be hard even for people to even start thinking about thinking about this, to even understand why we should think about these things, because people are at such a superficial level. You see, superficial level. They're just working, 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 and then when they come home, what do they do? Watch a movie. And watch the movie, some action movie, some... I mean, movie means people are pretending to do something. It's just, it's just a game, that's all. Some drama. And they, they pretend to be in love, and they pretend to kill each other, and it, it's, it's, it's childish, actually. Superficial. We should start deeply thinking, what is the meaning of life? I have to die. What happens after that? Some people say nothing happens, you're just dead. Other people say either you go to heaven or you go to hell forever. That's what Christians and Muslims say. Other people say that we're born again and again and again, <clears throat> which seems to make a lot more sense. <clears throat> that uh, instead of coming into being once and dying once, uh, that we have many lives, that, that life, all this, this bundle of thoughts that we identify as ourselves, it just doesn't come into being by some biochemical synthesis and then by some unknown process. And it, it just ceases to exist. But that intrinsically we can understand I am not these chemicals. I'm very busy trying to keep the bunch of chemicals free from coronavirus, but ultimately I'm not the chemicals. I'm not, I'm not a bunch of chemicals. I'm a sentient being with feelings, ambitions, desires. And we should have thoughts also. We should think about these things. And whoever thinks about these things, at school they teach you you're descended from some primordial being. We're all, by evolutionary process, it's all just chemicals. And, and it just blunts our, this kind of teaching, it blunts our propensity to understand what we're talking about is ultimately our spiritual, the spiritual reality of who we are. Just blunts all that. Ah, 
So we yeah, we should start to think about this. And of course, it's not just by our own thinking that we can work out all the big questions of life. These are very profound questions which have uh, occupied the thoughts of thoughtful people, uh, actually thoughtful people, people who think beyond the superficial level, uh, it, it, f since time immemorial, great philosophers and religionists. You might think, well, that's a bit much for me. You know, I'm just w used to watching Netflix and cricket, on the, and it's a bit much for me to uh, start thinking such... That's a big, big philosophers. Let them think like that. But these questions affect all of us because we have to die. We should, what happens after that? We should start, start to think about it because something's going to happen. Either finished, in which case, what's the point of anything anyway, even in this life? There seems to be some point, but, but maybe... Maybe it's not the one that we uh, that we take to be the point. The point is simply to what live and eat and and what <laughs> we never think, do we? So uh, yeah, we if we can at least theoretically or intuitively accept that we are spiritual beings. And we should start to inquire into the nature. What is our spiritual nature? But if we think that's too much for us, that's too much, too big of a jump to go from a uh, just a regular Joe going to work and then all of a sudden you want to make me into some kind of Socrates. Well, we can at last, we can at least begin to think, why don't I like being locked down? Maybe at first it might seem good. Ah, don't have to go to work. But after some time, it, it, it's, ah, why don't I like it? Why don't I like being told that you have to stay in your house? You're only allowed out for brief periods and for specific purposes. Why don't we like that? What's wrong with it? I mean, What's wrong? Well, obviously, something. Obviously, we don't have our freedom. We want freedom. Well, why did then? Then we this is making you into Socrates, Socratic method, questioning one question after another. One one question. One que question leads to an answer. Answer leads to another question, and then we try to go deeper and deeper and deeper. So we want to be free. Uh, then. Why do we want to be free? And then when you can't answer the question, then Socrates answers. Well, I'm not Socrates. Actually, I'm in a better position than Socrates because Socrates, although he was a great thinker, no doubt, um, he didn't have a spiritual guide. So I've been fortunate enough to learn from a spiritual guide. And I can tell you, you can accept it or not, it's up to you, but... Uh, you have that much freedom, that we are by nature spiritual beings. We are free by nature. We're not meant to be locked down in this material world. 
We're not meant to suffer repeated birth and death. We're not supposed to get diseases like coronavirus or any other kind of disease. We're meant to be free. We're meant to be free from death, repeated death. We're meant to be free from suffering. Now, I'm saying you should start to think, but obviously, I hope it's obvious, we can't work these things out all by ourselves. We start to think, then the obvious thing to do is instead of trying to figure it all out by ourselves, ask someone who knows. Try to find someone who knows. Just like the other day, I was wondering. Actually, I've been wondering for some time. How is it that the Romans? This is not, this is mundane, but it's kind of interesting. How is it that the Romans built aqueducts? for instance, when they only had the Roman numerals. How could they do the required mathematics, the required geometry and trigonometry to build aqueducts? And I saw some kind of explanation which didn't fully satisfy me because with Roman numerals you can't do mathematics any more than uh, very, very simple addition and not much, hardly any functions whatsoever. Uh, <clears throat> so what did I do? I went to an authority. I looked on the internet. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I found some kind of answer which didn't fully satisfy me because, like I say, when you have to build aqueducts, you have to go over different... In Italy, it's very mountainous, and, and uh, at least the parts of Italy that I've seen, most of the country. And uh, there's going to be different uh, different kinds of soil, and then how the, the how how much strength is it? The arches, if you've seen the aqueducts, the arches it requires understanding some basic principles, and then understanding, and then you require to make calculations up to the present day, uh, civil engineering or any other kind of engineering relies heavily on mathematics to, to work out what you have to do in any, to any specific area. You have to see the, the soil testing and how much weight it can take and, and so on and so on and so on. Uh, so I'm, I'm just getting to the point. If you, want to, if you want to know, you can try and work it out yourself but then if you consult an authority, that um, solves a lot of your problem. Uh, otherwise, just like, for instance, if you try to work out physics, I will become a genius in physics. I will surpass Einstein. Einstein didn't have much formal training. In, he, he wasn't good at school but he became the world's most famous scientist. Uh, here in India, there was, there was one Ramanuja in the last century who uh, was a brilliant mathematician who also didn't have hardly any training. He, he, he formulated problems and found the solutions to all kinds of arcane mathematical problems just coming to himself. He accredited it 
to the uh, deity at Namakau in South India, to the Tayar at the Narasimha temple there. Uh, <clears throat> so there may be a few people, what's the point I'm making here? There may be a few people who by their own amazing insights or God-given uh, Ramanuja took it to be, the mathematician Ramanuja took it to be God-given insight or in the case of Socrates, who's very insightful, very perceptive, that may be a gift from higher levels, a divine gift, or from previous life, one is gifted. Some people are very gifted. We've heard that Mozart, the famous Western composer at the age of four, he was he could play all kinds of instruments and he was composing complex musical works. So where do you get it from? We can understand it's a gift from a previous life. But what I'm saying, most people, we're not going to work out. Yeah, I was saying about physics. You want to learn physics? You can sit down and try and work it out yourself. If, if you're an absolute genius, you might get as far as Newton. Otherwise, we should study from those who know. And that will help us. If, if we study one day with someone who knows uh, <clears throat> the basics of physics and how to communicate that to us, we can make more progress in understanding it than we can in maybe years of trying to work it out all by ourselves. Or, uh, even, even the uh, concept of physics, that, the, that there are energies which, um, which are more, we, we may not even get as far as understanding that there is a phenomenon such as the study of physics. So what's the point I'm making here? We should start to think about the point of life, but at the same time realize that we need help to understand all these things. In the Vedic literature, it is said, Tadvigyanatam sagurum evabhigachet. If by one's own thinking, or maybe by the coaching of others also, one can come to this point of realizing that everything in material existence is simply coming to suffering. And we should go beyond this. And how to go beyond? Tadvigyana. To get that knowledge, we should go, we have to go to a guru. A guru means someone who knows how to teach us. There's a teacher for, yeah, there's a teacher for physics. There's a teacher for piano. There's a teacher for how to make chapatis. There's a teacher for, imagine if you're given some wheat, some wheat grains, which maybe many people nowadays, they don't even know what wheat grains look like, but some of you are given some wheat grains and told to make some chapatis. And you've, you've eaten chapatis. So you know what they are. But how do you go from wheat grain to chapati? It's not difficult. But unless someone shows you how to do it, 
you 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 could sit for for months and you never be able to work it out. What is the relationship between grains of wheat and chapati? There doesn't seem to be any relationship. So how how do you go from one to the just by applying our own intelligence we can't understand at all? And then someone shows you, okay, you gotta you gotta husk the grain if it's not already husked. Uh, take out take out the grain from the chaff, and then you you got to grind it, and then again you got then again you got to sieve it, and then you got to mix it with some water just in the right quantity, a spin in the right quantity. Uh, first of all, you have to see if it's suitable wheat grain for chapati. Uh, not all are, and then uh, and then the rest of you. Then you make it into a dough. And roll it out, or you can do it by hand, and then you have to put it on a griddle tawa at the right temperature, and then you have to have to make the fire. And nowadays it's mostly by gas, but previously you had to build a fire with wood or coal. And although the process is every day, as I speak, there are probably millions of Indian housewives making chapatis. Uh, <clears throat> But unless someone shows you, you can't understand how to do it. You need someone to teach you, someone how to show. Some things can be learned from books. You can't become a doctor by reading books. You can't learn how to make chapatis. Well, maybe with, uh, maybe, if, if you're, a YouTube video would be more helpful. But most helpful is to have someone who shows you. And even if you get it from a YouTube video, or you try to get it from a book, there'll be quite a bit of uh, trial and error before you get it right. Whereas if there's someone to teach you, no, 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 don't put, that's enough water, don't put too much water in the mix. Uh, and then, how to, is this tower? You have to see how thick it is. And then the relative flame and... Uh, Someone can tell you. Otherwise, you can find out by trial and error. But the more complex things are, the more subtle things are, the more we need help in uh, helping us to understand and apply it practically. Uh, we could probably learn some basic biology from reading books, but uh, I wouldn't want to go to, if I had a heart problem and needed heart surgery, I wouldn't want to go to a heart surgeon who had only read about doing heart surgery in books. I want to go to someone who's trained, accredited, experienced. So understanding the nature of ultimate reality, that's what we're talking about. Who we are, what is the purpose of life, what is, uh, what is our spiritual nature. This is the most subtle of all knowledge. Uh, this is communicated to us by God. Yes, by God. Uh, through the medium of scripture and through the medium of persons who have trodden that path. Just like the heart surgeon. Uh, well, the first was... Christian Barnard, I believe. That was famous. The first heart, well, he wasn't the first heart surgeon, he was the first to do a heart transplant. 
uh, became an international celebrity overnight. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, the heart surgeon, he's learned from others. And when he becomes experienced, he can teach others. So in the same way, there is a succession throughout time of realized spiritual teachers who study according to the books. The, uh, the doctors, they, do, they don't just learn from other doctors, but the, 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 the basis is the, the books, the, the medic which uh, codifies, systematizes the medical knowledge which has been developed by others over centuries. Uh, particularly the, the modern medical science has developed over the last, what shall we say, 150 approximately years. <clears throat> this God-given knowledge is transmitted through Scripture and through persons who have fully applied themselves to this process and become experts. They're called gurus in the Vedic tradition. Guru can also mean someone who teaches dancing, someone who teaches how to play musical instruments, someone who teaches languages, someone who teaches how to use weapons. There are gurus for all different kinds of uh, fields of knowledge, but the term guru especially applies to one who gives the knowledge by which we can come out of the darkness of ignorance, of considering ourselves part of this material world and trying to find happiness within it. The, the gurus, they most, uh, most importantly teach us who we are, what is our relationship with God, what is, where do we fit in with reality. And again, it's based on scripture. They don't, it's not that it's just someone can pop out of somewhere and call themselves a guru. Uh, scripture, there are various scriptures in the world who speak of God, uh, but as far as I have seen, and I, yeah, I, it's uh, pretty much if we were to take an objective <clears throat> assessment the scripture which is really the most helpful for all of us to understand these questions of who am I, why are we in this world, who is God, what is my relationship with God, the most helpful is Bhagavad Gita spoken by Lord Krishna most recently, 5,000 years ago, on the battlefield of Kurukshetra and spoken previous to that many millions of years ago to the sun god. And he speaks it time to time. Uh, he comes personally, and he speaks it through his representatives even up to the present day. Now, I say the Bhagavad Gita, the most helpful, and I'm saying this is objective. Why? Uh, because for, at the very outset, Lord Krishna tells us who we are, tells us what is our spiritual nature as differentiated from this body. We won't find that in 
many other scriptures. Bhagavad Gita is the essence of the Vedic scriptures. Bhagavad Gita tells us about the nature of God, whereas other scriptures may tell us about God in general or in, in, a, in a vague way. We find in detail in the Gita and then if we go to other uh, <clears throat> cognate scriptures, we'll find that just a Srimad Bhagavatam, Brahma Sanghita, we'll find such understanding, descriptions of God. Now, it's not that we can understand God simply by our mind, but we can get some good uh, information and guidance so that we can understand God from the Vedic scriptures. And ultimately, we can learn, and again, these scriptures have to be taught by competent teachers. Gurus. So ultimately, the Vedic literature brings us to the point of love of God, which should be the ultimate goal of all scriptures. What is implicit or not uh, very broadly described in other scriptures is comprehensively described with methods of how to develop this love of God, which is our real spiritual aim of life that we all find in the Vedic literature, of which the Bhagavad Gita is the, it's the essence and at the same time, it is the entrance. It helps us to enter into that knowledge. It gives us all the basics of what we need to know and helps us to go uh, from the platform of ignorance to that of a self-realized person. So during lockdown, don't just waste time. We've wasted time all our lives if we haven't contemplated these questions. We've wasted life after how many lives have gone wasting our time. Now, we can take it as a blessing, a God-given opportunity to study Bhagavad Gita as it is. And we can tell, we say, what about the gurus? Well, we can get on YouTube talks such as this, channels such as this, and read, read Gita, read Srimad Bhagavatam. If we're locked down, then rise up spiritually. As stated in Brihad, Aranyaka Upanishad, famous statement. Asatoma Sadgamaya Tamasima Jyotir Gamaya. Asatoma Sadgamaya Tamasima Jyotir Gamaya. Mrityorma Amritam Gamaya. Come out of the ignorant state. Come out of ignorance. Come out of impurity. Come to purity and knowledge. Go, go there, go there. Come out of the darkness. Go to the light. Come out of death and go to immortality. And if you're thinking, well, that sounds a bit too much. I mean, after all, 
I'm just used to watching Netflix. Oh, so turn about a really big jump. Well, at least do something more than just wasting your time, wasting your whole life. At least if you, you don't want to be a big philosopher. We're not saying be a big philosopher. We're just saying understand who you are. But if it's just too much for you, then chant the holy names of Krishna. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. That you can do. You don't have to be a big philosopher. Take my word. If, you, if, you have, if you've listened this far to the talk, presumably you have some kind of faith in what I'm saying, unless you're just here to uh, abuse. We get thumbs down on the YouTubes also. Some people don't like it. So if you won, yeah, yeah, that's up to you. But if you have any faith, then take it from me. This chanting of the holy names of Krishna. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Will help you immensely in a, in a manner that you cannot even begin to calculate. You may say, will it get me free from coronavirus? It'll get you free from all diseases eternally. That doesn't mean that you might not get coronavirus. <laughs> or you mean, I just said it'll deliver. Yes, because it will deliver us from birth and death and bring us to the platform of love of Krishna, which when you've been through all philosophy, starting at the beginning and go through so many questions, get so many answers, get so many doubts, so many questions, so many doubts and get them resolved, Ultimately, we come to the point of loving Krishna, who is the supreme personality of Godhead, loving person. So this chanting Hare Krishna will take us to the platform of love of God. But hearing about Krishna, hearing this philosophy that Krishna has spoken in Bhagavad Gita, that will also help us immensely. So don't neglect that. For those who are already fortunate to have taken to Krishna consciousness, which will probably be most of the viewers of this talk. Uh, for you also, rise up. As long as the lockdown isn't there and we're in the busy life, running to work, blah, 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 coming back late, stressed out, we may have some excuse for not rising up early in the morning. But rising early in the morning is very conducive for spiritual advancement. So if we can't normally get our sadhana together, here's a great opportunity. Rise up. Get up at least by four o'clock in the morning. No excuses now. Get deeply into study of Bhagavad Gita as it is, Srila Prabhupada's books. Don't waste your time. Get into sadhana more. No excuses. Do it. Alam. Ati Vista Arena. That's enough for now. Enough said. Over to you. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Vanchakalpatarupyas chakibhasin. Patita anam pavanebhya vaishnavebhya.